Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, it's, it's going to be a unique <laughs> show today. Yeah, you, you can say that. <laughs> podcast listeners and podcast-only listeners, uh, I have a cake in front of me, an ice cream cake. You guys did it. We mentioned we wanted 1,000 podcast reviews before the end of 2022. I think it was the week of, John. It was, what, it was about 960, 970, and I, I really yeah, had my like doubts. That, yeah. Then we woke up on the 29th. Uh, you guys had more than 1,000 reviews, and Steve Serta, the, our podcast producer, who's also joining us because <laughs> I, I want more people to be able to talk on this show than just me and John. <laughs> Uh, Steve, <laughs> we're up to 1,022 at this point, correct? Uh, I believe so. Last time I checked, there was still so, a lot rolling in after the new year, but I think we've slowed down a little bit. So it, it's a celebratory time in uh, the Chiefs kingdom, as they call it, with the Chiefs locking up the bye week, 31-13, and oh, <laughs> celebrating with reviews. Uh, I got this cake from Cold Stone Creamery on the plaza. So this is a a high end ice cream cake. Uh, I imagine the first I imagine the first bite of it, the first piece of it, will actually be somewhat enjoyable, and then it, it will get less uh, and less enjoyable as we go on. I have a Red Bull here uh, as well that was added by a <laughs> a commenter that they wanted an energy drink as well to get it done. So that is something I will consume by the end of the show. The uh, hope is that I can muster a way to finish this ice cream cake before the end of the program. Um, We are going to talk Chiefs, so it's not all about the cake. I will give updates at the beginning of each segment of how I'm feeling, and then we'll continue to talk about um, the Chiefs. And then because we had such an influx of reviews, we're not going to do them at the beginning of the show as we usually do, because usually there's two or three. I, I think we have more than 10 to read. And so if you left a comment on the Apple reviews that are, are more than a thousand now in these last two weeks in our push here, we'll review and we'll read it out loud and we'll talk about those at the end of the program because I, I believe there's more than 10. So if you want, you can stick around for that. I am going to start the show by pre-eating um, some Tums. So uh, I'm going to take two of these before I get started. How come um, we don't have a Tums cam in addition to a cake cam? It seems like we should have that too. Yeah. Um, I the, can Tums see have, the, Tums. the Tums are down. I'm going to wash it down with a little energy drink here to start. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a change today in 
the usual press availability because we are in a bye week. So the Chiefs did their press on on Monday, and instead of just Andy Reid, it was Patrick Mahomes and Justin Reid. This will be the only press availability all week, John, uh, because of the Mm -hmm. bye. So we won't hear from the Chiefs again until next Monday or Tuesday. If the Chiefs end up playing on Saturday, we won't hear from them until Tuesday. If they wind up playing on Sunday, we'll hear from them again next Monday. If you want to hear that in its entirety, you can go to From the Podium. But we're going to start with uh, Andy Reid here. And here was his comment on, on the bye week. Well, you try, you know, you don't know exactly, but uh, a couple of teams we've played, a couple of teams we haven't. So, you, you know, we'll, we'll try to focus in on the ones we think that we have a chance to play most of all, but also cover all of them. And uh, while, while we have time with, the, I'm saying as a coaching staff, and then we'll narrow that down for the players uh, as we get them this week, um, you know, before we actually know for next week. So, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll just, we'll work on some things that we need work on. That's the trick to it is the balance. Um, and then how the players utilize their, their free time. So, um, and, and coaches for that matter. I mean, we've got to make sure that we, we keep on top of uh, the, the scheme stuff too. So um, we'll just, we'll, we'll see how all that works out. But yeah, that, that I tell you, that's the trick to it is to try to keep the balance where the players stay sharp and, and coaches uh, still can add a couple things into the guys, uh, into their mix. Um, and then we go from there. So there's Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. And I think the big thing there is, and this is a lug- luxurious thing, John, is the Chiefs are used to having uh, bye weeks by this point. So they have a pretty mm-hmm. good feel on on how to operate here in the playoff bye. Yeah, just uh, for those listening at home, uh, Pete took, uh, I think, about uh, 10 bites of the ice cream cake while Andy Reid was speaking <laughs> since that was pre-recorded. So uh, so now he's continuing to dig in. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's very good. Right, yeah. now is, right now is good. I imagine <laughs> at a certain it's, point here, it is not going to be good. I intentionally made that Andy cut long to give you extra time <laughs> to, to crush some ice cream cake. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're a good, I would say, one – one eighth of the way there. Anyway, um, but yes, yeah. the Chiefs are used to having this advantage. So, lo and behold, and you know, you, Reed has been good at it for years and years and years. Even if it was just bye weeks during the season, you know, we talk about this every time one comes up that he's always been very good at uh, man- maneuvering through the bye week to his advantage for his team. And uh, there's no reason to think that he won't get some advantage out of this coming bye week. Yeah, um, and and so the thing that we do know about the teams left right now. So uh, we know that the Chiefs got the bye stemming from the the Mar Hamlin situation. I don't think we need to get into the details of that. I think everyone by now is caught up with that. But you have the playoffs here. And because the Chiefs are the one seed, they can only play in the next round. This is important to know, um, four to seven. And so it's one of four teams. So it's not like, like you know, and we'll talk about more, more about this later in the details of, of the percentage of who they can play. But they do know in that first game, John, they won't be playing either the two seed, which is the Buffalo Bills, or the three seed, which is the Bengals. Right. And that's true of any uh, postseason uh, situation that the team with the number one seed can only play the second and third seeds, whoever they are, um, in the, the conference championship game. 
So it's a given that we will not see the Bengals or the Bills uh, unless they survive until uh, until the championship game. And as you pointed out last week, um, those who were upset about this home field situation, and reasonably so, I think, um, the Bills were going to have to win three games in a row for that to happen. And so um, there's there's quite a bit to go before that's going to be an issue. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. Yeah. And the thing about it <laughs> that is important to know, too, they were almost beaten by the Patriots. If, the, if Naeem right. Hines had, had not had a two quick cover turns, what an emotional day, by the way. In yeah. a way, remove yourself from your Chiefs fandom for a second. Really cool day um, in Buffalo for the, the return. But if you're just going for the football of it, right? If they don't have those two returns by Naeem Hines, they, they lose the game. The fort, you Absolutely. Take now, yeah kickoff returns counting to right so you have to keep that in mind but that was my whole point in that article that was a little bit controversial and and polarizing in a way i thought the chiefs made out okay in just the idea that they weren't going to count that game and all the chiefs had to do was beat the raiders because of what was stacked up against buffalo if they beat the raiders which happened buffalo would have to win three games in a row now you got one down i there was a scare against the patriots you're looking right now against um, the Skylar Thompson Dolphins for for the Bills. Uh, we'll see about Tua. I think it gets more interesting if Tua can play in that game. But then, presumably, as we go here, if the high seeds win, they would have to also be maybe the Bengals for the neutral site to even come into play. So my point at the time of the writing of it was this is stacked up against the Bills still. The neutral site coming into play only is, is going to be possible if the, the Bills win the three games in a row. And, the, you know, the Chiefs would have to continue to win, quite obviously. But um, anyway, what I'm saying is uh, I'm getting cake brain here. Um, the Chiefs were are in, <laughs> you don't are in a good circumstance. <laughs> anyway, so um, I'm gonna, let's, let's continue on with the sound. Patrick Mahomes also uh, is someone that has used this, the bye week. Since he took over in 2018, he has had the bye week in four of the five seasons, including this year. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is obviously you don't know for sure who you're going to play. Um, so I'll, what I'll do is I'll watch like a game or two of each team that we have a possibility of playing kind of each day. Uh, just kind of get a general sense of the, of the team without being too much of a deep dive. Um, luckily, two of the teams we've already played this year. So um, I have a general sense of them already. Um, but uh, you do that. I can make sure you get work, stay, stay working out, stay moving around, not just sit on the couch all week. Um, and, uh, then, then when we get ready to go next week, I just, I just try to be prepared and ready to roll. So, uh, just a little bit of both. You get off your feet and you rest, but you still move around enough that your body's in a good shape for whenever you get to the, the, the first playoff game for us. So Patrick Mahomes says that he is going to watch, um, two games of every possible team. Again, we're going to talk more about the percentages in the final segment, but those four teams are the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Dolphins. And I'd imagine the messaging here, because Andy Reid gives these players off, I believe, on field work until Friday, is to rest. But same thing in, in what would be the regular season, by the way. He's like, rest, but let's not be stupid here. Let's right. stay active, stay working out. Um, and most importantly, it's like, don't get in, into trouble. You know, these are mm-hmm. 20-something guys, right? And look at a little film, which is what Mahomes says he's going to do uh, over the coming week. So that's good, too. Yeah. Um, Steve, you have anything? Uh, I mean, yeah, basically what he said, like we, the chiefs are used to these situations. They know how to manage them. They know how to get the guy's time off and get them away. And they know 
how to keep them healthy. So it's not like this is uncharted territory for them. As it right, turns and, out, yeah, I'm sorry, and, go ahead, John. Yeah, and, and Mahomes, you know, has shown repeatedly that he can take advantage of time, what is normally time off, to his advantage. We hear about this all the time, that he's at home at night looking at film and stuff like that. So you know he's not going to spend uh, his bye week sitting in a chair doing nothing uh he's going to be looking at film he's going to be thinking about the opponents he's going to play and as he noted himself the team has already played a couple of these teams that we might see uh in the uh in the divisional round this season so they the chiefs kind of have a head start here as it turns out patrick mahomes is old um in a way <laughs> so yeah. the chiefs quarterback of course is mahomes then you have Bills, Josh Allen, Bengals is Joe Burrow, the Jaguars is Trevor Lawrence, Chargers, Justin Herbert, Baltimore is Lamar Jackson, and Miami presumably will be two if he can get through the concussion protocol. That makes the 27 – you want to feel a little, John? I feel old. The 27-year-old Patrick Mahomes is the elder statesman quarterback in these playoffs. Here was Mahomes talking about that. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it's changed. I have two kids now. I'm married. Uh, I'm kind of an old soul, old soul. So uh, I am kind of the oldest. I am uh, literally the oldest quarterback in the AFC. It speaks to the talent that we have in the AFC. Um, and uh, the guys that it looks I'm looking around that are going to be there for a long time. So I'll be the old head in the AFC for a while now. Um, and I'll try to use that experience uh, to my advantage. Yep. I love how Pete thinks he can bring up Patrick Mahomes joining the team in 2017 to make me feel old. You think you think that's what it takes there, Pete? <laughs> I feel old. I feel old. Just considering it's just gone so fast. You know, and I you know, we we've made this point a number of times in on the show, but it's like he's still young. Yeah. He's been outstanding. He's still someone that you know, you can make a case that he has yet to enter his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, brain freeze a little here. Um, and he, it, it, you know, it, he's just been very impressive. And I, I think it goes fast. And I think that's just like always a, a reminder to have is is to to not take any of these moments for granted because you know, eventually he's going to be thirty two, right? <laughs> like eventually he's going to be uh, Aaron Rodgers' age. And you know, we ne- I remember watching Aaron Rodgers, for example, like from afar. And and it just seemed like someone who was going to be in the game forever, and now you're at the end of it. So it's just it's just a good reminder to to appreciate you know the games and the performances that can, that we get. Can they draft some of these young quarterbacks in the NFC? Because it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> that Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs. Well, Chiefs fans don't want to hear this, but like the fact that Mahomes and Burrow and Allen are playing in uh, in these playoffs over the course of time. It's gonna they're gonna cost each other trips to the Super Bowl, um, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if one of these guys was in the NFC, um, you know, I, it just would be such an advantage. I I find so, um, you know, I think it it's a it's definitely a a, a Burrow Mahomes rivalry, but I think there's a Mahomes Allen rivalry, and I if the playoffs go as as they should, which is considered scratch, right? Like the betting scratch. I think you'll start to see a little bit of that Allen Burrow rivalry. I mean, I, I know that, you know, if you, if we do end up getting the bills and Bengals in the playoffs, which, which we should, that game is going to be so hyped up for a lot of reasons now. I mean that, you know, this would be a repeat of the game that got canceled slash postponed. Um, and, and then you have those, those quarterbacks going at each other. And like, that's a, a huge advantage too. You, you know, you talk about John, um, we're, we're getting off topic a little bit here, but you, you talk about the advantage the chiefs got in the alternate plan 
one of the major advantages that I think we overlook a little bit here is because all they needed to do was win and get that to get that first buy. What you ended up is the Bills and, and Bengals are going to eliminate one of them is going to eliminate each other. So you're you're having that you're skipping one mm-hmm. whole step that maybe you wouldn't have had, been able to skip. Right, right. Well, and and that was an advantage uh, going into last weekend um, that they just had to win that one game. They didn't have to depend on Buffalo losing another game. Um, uh, just you know, maybe we shouldn't even get started on this. Or you're going to get me on one of these rants here, and you won't be able to stop me. And um, and since you're eating ice cream instead of speaking. Nobody will be able to stop me. Not even Steve. Well, I guess he could turn me off, but but Steve, I Steve has the ultimate power to turn all of us. Off, really, <laughs> what Steve says goes. I really do That's control true. everything here. So yeah, I'll right. say one thing about Steve's no, point though. Um, there's nothing to say that one of these young AFC quarterbacks won't end up getting traded to an uh, NFC team here in the next few years. Um, I think we can we will continue to be surprised at how these things go. There would have been a time that nobody would have expected, for example, Deshaun Watson to be any place but the Houston Texans. Yeah, that's um, true. He was, you know, such a strong player, um, and he was virtually the only player on the team who was any good. And nobody would have guessed that he would have ended up on another team. Now, obviously, you know there were very unusual circumstances, but that's the point. There can be very unusual circumstances in the NFL. And one of these guys could end up in the NFC and it could change the whole dynamic. I mean, we never thought that Tom Brady would right, um, right. go anywhere else. I mean, I know it's a little bit more toward the end of his career when it was older. But Lamar Jackson is somebody too, who it's, it's worth watching now in the scope of, in the grand scope of the AFC playoffs, as you talk about the news, everywhere um lamar jackson is still dealing with a hip injury that's cost him a lot of practices and his availability in the playoffs is still uncertain to this day so and lamar doesn't have a a contract so we'll see if he even stays in baltimore i mean i'm fascinated by that lamar thing from afar if he were to somehow hit free agency it would be the most interesting free agent maybe of all time um you know maybe you know if you consider kirk cousins was did that um but this would be a better. This would be a former MVP. So I, I just think it changes the game a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got Justin Reed in this uh, press conference on Monday, and I thought this was the most interesting comment from him, talking about how, and we had to pinpoint it as reporters, um, talking about how that Bengals loss was a, a turning point for the secondary and really the defense as a whole um, this season. Yeah, I mean that's the game we wanted to win. Um, very competitive team, talented roster they have over there, and that was. Also a moment for ourselves that we wanted to take it. Um, and we didn't want to have another loss after that. So we're able to keep that going. Obviously, these next three games, we want to focus on the first game first. But uh, it's a new season at this point. We have to go one and know each week. And we got to bring that same attitude mentality um, since that week with us the rest of the year. So definitely a little bit of player speak, press speak there. But I think in pinpointing that game, you really have noticed a difference now. I think to be fair here to to the the naysayers of the, the defense, the schedule opened up a little bit after that Bengals game. When you talk about the Bengals loss, the Chiefs rattled off what was five wins uh, to end the season after that game, but it was against the Broncos, the Texans, Seahawks, and Broncos, and then Raiders. Still, I mean, you're not picking your schedule, so to speak, mm-hmm. but right. I think 
in these championship runs in these AFC title runs, you've seen the defense have a moment where all of a sudden it seems like they're playing a lot better. And I, I think the chiefs experienced that uh, now you're going to have to see it because the opponent's going to be a lot better when you get to that divisional round. But um, I, I just think it's a good point to note from Justin Reed there, Joe. Yeah. And yes, we would have all liked to have seen the chiefs put up more convincing wins against these weaker teams that they faced uh, at the end of the season. And and they were weaker teams. Nobody's denying that. But uh, I, I think also one of the things that's interesting about the league this year is how many mediocre teams there are, that there are so many teams that are, you know, somewhere within a, day, a game or two of 500 and just a few teams that are really good or really bad. And um, I think that's something that we have seen this year. I think you see it in the playoffs, frankly. Uh, we'll get to this in a little while. We talk about uh, which opponent the Chiefs might see in the divisional round. But, uh, you know, there's a couple of these games in the uh, in the postseason here that have really uh, high <laughs> – favorites i mean they're you know you've got 10 point favorites in a in a in a postseason game and that's not really what you would normally see in an nfl season so i I think that's one of the things that's important to remember as we go into the postseason here is that there's a lot of mediocrity in the league this year for whatever reason we will cover that in segment three we have marinated takeaways up next um once again Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Reid are in full available to you right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. From the podium is up. Steve got that up for us early this morning. Pete Sweeney, John Dixon, Steven Soder, and a whole lot of ice cream cake coming back to you right here. This is the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React, readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. It's that favorite time of your week. I know it. It's the world famous marinated turco- the takeaways from this 31. <laughs> I am off my game. 31 to 13 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we will get into marinade takeaways in just a second. I said at the beginning of each segment, I will give you an update on the ice cream cakes. So let me flip this around for you guys. I've made I've made a decent dent. Yeah, uh, made some in, progress there in the yeah. cake. There, um, I would say I'm about forty to forty five percent of the way done, which happened very fast. Uh, I, as I was doing some research, article wise on competitive eating, they say you should really go hard at the beginning. <laughs> Because there's eventually going to be a wall uh, at a certain point. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if I'm getting there. I do have water to go along with the energy drink. The energy drink, I would say I'm about 25% done with the energy drink. So we're about a third through the podcast. So I feel like I'm making good... um, I'm making good progress. I have not taken any additional Tums. So that's that's the cake update. I'm very impressed that you uh, felt you needed to uh, read up on competitive eating before this episode of the podcast. That's very impressive, yeah, Pete. I can't believe you the, spent time doing that. The, uh, <laughs> the thing that I, I think that you don't know as an amateur competitive reader like myself now 
is that you're not supposed to just not have anything. So I had a little something this morning too, a little bit of oatmeal to kind of open the open the, the the gut up a little bit. So it's not like I I haven't eaten at all today. Um, I'm I'm actually feeling okay. I, I will say I'm actually I'm actually feeling like this might be possible. I thought that maybe I'd hit to hit a wall and have to quit, but uh, mm. I'm feeling like I'm feeling like I'm okay. Anyway, um, so that's the cake update. We will have another. Uh, a cake update uh, before we get into the injury update. And then uh, John talking about the playoff picture in the, in the next segment, but let's get into these marinated takeaways, John. And, and uh, we'll go John and Steve, and then I will go third this time, just so I can get a little bit, um, a little bit closer with this, this cake here. Okay, John. So you go ahead. I loved the running game uh, in this game against the Raiders. It was, I think it actually might've been a little bit uh, more in the run, more snaps on the running game. Than there were in the passing game, um, which would be a very unusual thing for the Chiefs, but it was an appropriate time to do it, and um, uh, and they showed that the offense could be effective. They put up a lot of points and could have put up more um, mm-hmm. if they weren't at the end of a blowout. They could have scored easily on the last drive, uh, but chose not to because there was no point in running that risk of a of a turnover there at the end of the game, um, but it showed that the chiefs offense can be very effective, even if they are uh, actually emphasizing the running game, um, which a lot of people, including myself, including Pete have been talking about all season, uh, not necessarily emphasizing it, but using it a little more than Andy Reed typically does. And we definitely saw that on Saturday against the Raiders. I mean, it's so simple to me. Like I just feel that, that, I test wise, the offense always seems to tick better when mm-hmm. they yeah. they are able to run the football. I thought Ronald Jones was a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, and and I don't I guess what I'm left wondering is, was the utilization of Ronald Jones a preview? Of, mm-hmm. Did they say to themselves, OK, this guy has fresh legs. Let, let's get him going here because we're going to use him in the playoffs. Or was it because uh, he had eight carries for 45? Hey, let's keep Isaiah fresh thing. Or was it a little bit of both? Do you, you have a take on that, John? I, I think that it's a little bit of both. I think there's also, uh, as you mentioned in your article after the game, I think it's possible that uh, they were, this is a little thank you to Ronald Jones for uh, being on the team all season and getting no role at all, essentially, and being cool with that. Um, we didn't really have a lot of trouble with Ronald Jones complaining about not getting playing, playing time and that kind of thing, which easily could have happened. Um, I, I think he said something early in the season, but it was a minor deal. It wasn't a, it wasn't a big problem. And the Chiefs are saying, OK, Ronald, we appreciate this. We want you to get some snap and snaps in this game. We'd love to see you score a touchdown. And those things happened. So I think that could be a little piece of it, too. Um, the Chiefs you know, expressing their thanks to him in a game where they could afford to give him some snaps. Yeah, I agree. All right, Steve, what was your uh, first marinated takeaway? Um, my first marinated takeaway, and I do agree, uh, the running game was positive there. Uh, I think Ronald was just kind of getting some week 18 carries, and so they were like, we, we kind of owe you one for bringing yeah. it in and then yeah. not giving you any opportunities all season. Um, but mine just has more to do with the special teams and 
you know, I thought last week when Dave Tobe spoke to the media was like, and you know, his pressers, uh, this isn't a shot at uncle Dave, but his pressers are, are usually pretty boring. And <laughs> I, I thought he was like as honest as he has been all season last week when he spoke to the media and was like, we have to be better. Like we're, we are not good. We are not mm-hmm. a good aspect of this team right now. And there was nothing in Saturday's game you could point to and be like, the special teams absolutely blew that. And they were awful. And it seemed like for weeks and weeks, it was every single week. It was blocked field goal, missed PAT, bad punt, whatever, just, just fumbles and gaffes all over the place. And to just have one performance going into the playoffs where they didn't make any mistakes or impact the game negatively at all, I think is just huge for this team because they've been bad all season long. And I think, I think to that point too, it was a, a game in which that could have easily happened because Harrison Butker was questionable entering it. Yes. He had the back spasms pop up. Um, but even from like a ball possession standpoint, you didn't see any fumbles or anything like that. Like we have seen in previous weeks, John, you got something, right? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think this was something that the special teams unit definitely needed to have. I, I, you know, at some point, it becomes a thing that's rolling downhill and you can't stop it. Yeah. And I think that might have actually started to happen with the, with the unit. I, I, you know, you don't want to get too deeply into the psychological stuff with the football team because it still is about players making plays, et cetera. But you can't deny that that's a factor. And it had gotten to a point where the snowball's rolling downhill, and at some point you you can't get in front of it and make it stop. So you Are you making you, a you, you making a snow globe joke here, John? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, but they did manage to get in a, a game where you know at least it was level for a minute, and and that's a that's a positive thing for the special teams, and and uh, moving forward it should be it should be good. We'll see. I think I have a marinated takeaway that kind of combines both of these points in a way. Um, I put it in my rapid reaction after the game, and it was just the idea of the Chiefs playing a well-rounded, complete game. Uh, I know that if, if you're really nitpicking, the offense did have a little bit of sludge right out of the halftime, but... Look, I mean, you're not gonna, you're not going to always score in every possession. I think sometimes we like look at the Chiefs and we're like, this should be a perfect machine, you know. Um, the offense was good. Uh, the offense was was solid. I I feel like if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you could find a way to put up 31 points, um, you should win every week. I think that uh, the defense was good. You know, you that the 13 points that came with 6:37 left in the game. We've talked about how, you know, those points at the end of the, it doesn't. But, you know, you, you take the gas off and you try to get get the clock to run. So I'm not going to count even that garbage touchdown necessarily for the Raiders. Um, so I thought the defense played well. I think you're seeing the Chiefs understand that if they don't turn the football over, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I tweeted yeah. out that the halftime is if they don't turn the football over, they're going to win. And in the, the games, they, they didn't have any turnovers this year. They won them all. And uh, I feel that way, even against the better teams in the playoffs. And, you know, we've talked about this in previous weeks. This is pretty cut and dry. You know, the Chiefs are built so well that if they win the turnover, I am having some indigestion. If, if they win the turnover <laughs> battle, that 
they are um they're gonna win i mean they're gonna win most weeks if not every week uh and and i like i said i think that that importance becomes elevated in the, in the postseason and and wrapping all this together the special teams is a part of that you know and a lot of the problems that the chiefs have had in these games that, that with negative turnover margins has been from the special teams and right. that wasn't part of the equation here. So it, the, these things all meld together, as you said. All right. That's the first round of marinated takeaways. We got a second one. Um, let's go to John again. Okay. Um, I'd just like I, to... Wait, point, yeah. a, sorry, John, not to cut you off. I don't know why. I know that we were going to give cake updates every... So every... The beginning of every segment. I don't know why, but it's making my brain slower. I like it definitely is. <laughs> I don't feel as sharp. <laughs> And I, I'm sure that you could hear it. I don't know if it's because of the sugar overload that I'm getting. That probably is what it is. Um, but I'm, I do not feel like I'm thinking clearly. So that's where I'm at. We're about halfway through the show. Anyway, John, you go at your. Uh, You've got a nap day. coming later on, don't you? You're going to be sleeping hard, I think. <laughs> I don't. I'm starting not to feel good. I mean that that's yeah. something I will tell you. Um, yeah. So anyway, go ahead with your second takeaway. Um, I'd just like to point out that if there is one thing from this week and this game that is more Raider than anything else. It would have to be sitting Derek Carr for the last two weeks of the season because you're afraid that he might get hurt and you might have to pay him, you know, whatever the, I didn't, I didn't stop to look up what the money was. Okay. But apparently the Raiders sat him down, not because they wanted to see what Jared Stidham could do, but because if he got hurt, it would uh, turn on an injury guarantee in his contract, and they'd end up paying him a bunch of money that they didn't want to pay him. Is that not a perfect illustration of how badly the Raiders have been handled in recent years? And I'm talking about Gruden and Mike Mayock specifically. I mean, we're just, what, a year removed from those those clowns. Um, and I, I, it's just, it just struck Mayock. me as, <laughs> it just struck me as being, tape, wow, this is just tape. incredible how, how stupid this whole thing is, is playing out. I, I, and then all this, the stuff they did in the off season that hasn't panned out for them, you know, these guys that they got to come in and, and stop the chiefs who weren't even active for the games against the chiefs. I mean, it's crazy how messed thing how messed up things are in Las Vegas. Well, the thing that has been a known thing in Vegas now from the um, from the early on to the season and to the middle of the season and forward is that they don't have the ability to fire J- Josh McDaniels. You know, you had the Denver Broncos who are, have new owners and cash rich owners, and they, they were able to go one and done because they had to with Nathaniel Hackett. That was a non-option, and that's been a non-option for Las Vegas because of the cash behind um, – Josh McDaniels. And so they're making decisions and, you know, the chargers in the playoffs and the chiefs might actually even see the chargers. Um, but you have these other two teams that are disasters. I mean, I, I don't know how you expect the Broncos and Raiders to be competitive anytime soon. So I think it'll be a, a two team race for a while. So that, that lends credit to your point. So, although right. you do think oh. going back to a point you've made before that Russell Wilson mm-hmm. might turn it around with the right coach in Denver, but that's not the only I mean, problem I don't know. that they have. So he had a nice, <laughs> he had a nice week 18. Um, and they have played a little bit better since they fired Nathaniel Hackett and have gone with 
isn't Jerry Rosberg the who was a uh, brought in to be a a time management man. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, he can't uh, be worse here. next year. I don't think. I don't think he can be worse than he was this season. Yeah. No. That no. Um, there had been a thing going around about Russ Wilson and passing touchdowns meeting the amount of bathrooms that he has in his house. And so I believe a few weeks ago he was able to get 12 and then he ended up getting a few more. So he, he did end up getting more passing touchdowns than, than, than bathrooms in his home. All right, Steve, um, your last marinated takeaway from this game. Uh, this is kind of playing off of something that I think you guys talked about last week. And I just thought we got another good example of it on Saturday against the Raiders and Kadarius Tony can be a game changer for this mm, offense. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's something that they've been missing this season with, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Tyree kill forever and ever probably here in Kansas city. But it is an element that they've been missing. And we saw McCole Hardman kind of step into a nice role in the offense where prior to his injury, it looked like he was going to have like one, one of the best seasons of his career. And they've been missing that element with McCole Hardman on the shelf and then Tony being a little banged up. And now that he's healthy, it just changes the entire outlook of how you address the wide receiver position in the offseason because – if you're confident, an offseason of him learning your playbook, being on your team and, and being uh, helped and managed by your medical staff, which has done a really good job over the last several years of keeping guys on the football field and keeping them healthy. Kadarius Tony is the best wide receiver on the team, and I don't think anybody else is as close to his talent level or what he could bring to you on a weekly basis if he can get through a full regular season schedule. Well, Lewis Riddick, who was on the call for ESPN, uh, unique because sometimes they have those those games that are like the Saturday special where they bring in the old commentators from Monday Night Football. Um, he was on the game, and he has a very close relationship with Brett Beach. These guys were scouts dating back with the Eagles. Anyway, Riddick at a certain point goes, Brett Beach believes, and I don't know if he was supposed to say this because he kind of said it in a weird like almost whispering way. And it's like, even though you're whispering, you're, you're still getting on your voices on national <laughs> TV, sir. But he, he said, yeah, the GM Brett Veach might think that Gadarius Tony could be the best wide receiver on the team. Interesting little nugget here. So Rob, who's the producer of the midday show for six ten, you know, you guys, most of you guys know, I do stuff for six ten. He hit, he calls me and he, he, he says, can you pull this sound from NFL game pass? They have cut Lewis Riddick saying that from the, the, the game pass. I don't know if, you're, if really? you're a conspiracy theorist out there. I don't know if that was necessarily supposed to be a, a nugget that was out and about. Anyway, uh, th- th- what, I, what I would tell you is that the Chiefs are – what we're seeing is what the Chiefs personnel staff is seeing. And I, I really think this could be the, the best – Brett Beach special, John, in, in, in history where he you know trades for the, the first round and really pans out. Well, and I think one of the examples that proves Steve's point here was the two plays uh, that started with the snow globe play. You know, they 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 run this play that's apparently designed specifically for him. Uh, he's certainly the featured guy in it, and it works. He breaks a tackle, gets into the end zone, and then the play is called back uh, probably – for not enough of a holding penalty. We'll just put it that way. 
And what do they do? They give him the ball again, and he scores again. Now, how often have we seen that with Chiefs wide receivers, especially this season? So I think that rolls into the point that Steve is making, that this guy is, is, has been amazing this year. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I think Lewis Riddick may have been onto something, even though we're no longer allowed to know that. Yeah. All right. Those, that's enough marinated takeaways, uh, I think, for, for this segment. Um, when we come back, we will have an injury update, uh, and, uh, and we'll also talk about the playoffs. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, it's the cake episode, <laughs> and I'm here with John Dixon and Steve Serta, who's nice enough to join us. Um, you know what? I've gotten through, if I'm being fair to to, to what it, it 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 has been, I've gotten through. I would say about sixty to seventy percent of this, That's and I right. yeah. I'm I'm hitting uh, a big time wall. I feel it's <laughs> it's partial. It's partial pit in my stomach and it's partial like borderline bomb. Um, I have, it's gotta be like 40% of this Red Bull left. And I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it without throwing up on, on screen. So I, I might have to tap out here, but I, I have, I made a, I did a valiant effort. I feel uh, to try to get it in. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. When I was about halfway through at the beginning of segment two, I was really feeling myself. I thought I might be able to get this done. And, uh, and my confidence is really waned, um, as far as, 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 as being able to put this, this whole cake down, John, I'll see what I can do. We got one more segment to go uh, as far as the cake, but we, um, if we're rounding up, I finish the cake and then we'll definitely get to your, uh, <laughs> reviews at the, the end of this show. Um, First, the injury update, though, John, uh, from Andy Reid. We, we know Harrison Butker played. We talked about that. Frank Clark, it sounds like he's okay. Uh, Andy Reid said it considered it mild. And this is the beauty of that playoff bye uh, when it comes to Frank Clark and a McCole Hardman. Uh, McCole Hardman didn't go after the abdomen issue. Is now you get a bonus week to rest these guys. And, man, I've said it a few weeks in a row about Hardman, John. I got to think he'll be okay 13 days from now. But, you know, we've said this a few times already. What What's your feel on that? Well, it's hard to know. It's hard to make a judgment about it because we know so little about what's going on with him. You know, they alternately described it as an illness and an abdomen injury. And now that he's back from injury reserve, it's listed as pelvis on the report. So I don't know what to make. Yeah. Of what's going on here. So I don't know either. Uh, Sounds like he was close, but it sounds like he's been close for a few weeks now. I, I think he'll be back. I don't think the Chiefs would have brought him back on the roster right. if, if they didn't think he would play. Um, but I mean, sometimes you do do that, and sometimes the guy's not not available. The other 
guy that Andy Reid didn't mention was Sky Moore, who has a a lacerated hand, and he did get a practice last week. He did, I did see him trying to grip the football, and I don't know. It, it seems like he could really just use time, and the Chiefs get some bonus time for, for Sky too. And I think that's big because he seemed to really be coming on at the end, Steve uh, mm-hmm. Sky Moore. Yeah, it, it's kind of a bummer that. It felt like we finally saw a shift that we've been looking for all season and Sky Moore overtaking Justin Watson on the depth chart. And then he has the hand laceration and Justin Watson's right back in the lineup. And Justin Watson had a had that nice 66-yard catch yeah. in the game. So he, he did have himself a, a nice game for the Chiefs on Saturday. But Sky Moore is the guy that we want to see more out of. Sky Moore mm-hmm. is the guy that has shown potential in very small spots just for whatever reason the Chiefs have avoided really leaning on him this season. And it felt like it was finally starting to make that turn, and then he gets injured. And it's I'm just bummed out for him, but I still think that Sky Moore is going to be a really good player for them. Yeah, if, if for no other reason than Sky Moore's guy is a guy who's going to be on the Chiefs for several years now. And a player like Justin Watson, you have no idea if he's going to be back next year. He's a guy who's who's signed on to a one-year contract, and uh, he's going to continue to be signed on to one-year contracts on whatever team he goes to, including the Chiefs. So, uh, you know, that's the other reason that we need to see more of Sky Moore on the field, more of Sky Moore coming up right after these messages. Um, so that, I, I agree that that was something that was really nice to see. And it's unfortunate that he's got to deal with this injury. I don't know. I tend to think that Justin Watson, and this is just my take on it, has a little Dan Sorensen and Ben Neiman to him. Um, and I know that a lot of you just drove yourself off the road, but no, I, I, I mean, in the sense of like, Justin Watson is more valuable in my opinion to the chiefs than probably any other team just because of the relationship with Patrick Mahomes and the rapport. And John, I, I think he's the type of guy that probably would be like a veteran. What do we call that? Veteran, veteran, veteran benefit. salary benefit. I don't know if he's yeah. eligible for that yet, but yeah. Yeah. Like a new be. DeMarcus or well, it's not that um, like a like a cheaper deal where maybe the chiefs would play a little bit more just because he's, he's been in the system and man, Patrick Mahomes does love Justin Watson. I understand that he, he has some drops here and there, um, but they really like his, his IQ and it's an offense that really requires you to know a lot of different positions. And it seems he does have a, a stronghold on that. And so, and he's, and he's got the special teams upside too, which is also part of the equation with the chiefs. So how old is Justin Watson? I need to look that up. I got to maneuver my way around this ice cream cake to type. <laughs> 26. So I could see the Chiefs bringing him back on a cheap deal. I, the thing you got to remember, too, is the salary cap is going to expand. This cake is um, it has really impacted me in more ways than I, I anticipated. Uh <laughs> um, Well, and you got to remember the wide receiver groups like. Yeah, Juju is a free agent. McColl is a free agent. The only yes, I would imagine is going to get cut. I can't see the Chiefs bringing him back after this. Kadarius Tony's one of the only receivers left, so it's to- left on the roster for next year is Tony, MVS, and more. And um, you know, 
comeback player of the year candidate, Justin Ross. Uh, right. Also too yeah. on the, I always have to mention Justin Ross in that hanging, conversation. Right. Hanging, hanging and lingering. Um, all right. We're through injuries, John. It's finally time for the, the playoff update. Um, you know, with the sooner we can end this show, the better really is what it comes down to. <laughs> okay. Well, we're now at the point where the chiefs have the week off and what we're talking about uh, is something that we've talked about several times in the last few years at this point where the chiefs have a week off in the bye, And we're talking about the probabilities uh, on which team they might face um, in when they come back to playing in the divisional round. And this is just math. Okay. What we're doing is we're saying, what are the probabilities that this team wins this game or loses this game? And how do you add all those probabilities together in order to see which team has the best chance to be alive and playing the Chiefs in the divisional round? So the four teams that can do it are the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as I said before in the show, this is kind of an unusual uh, postseason because we got a couple of teams here that uh, have really strong chances to win this this wild card game. Now we're using the ELO model from 538.com, and that says the Bills have an 89% chance to beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins have just an 11% chance to advance, which is their chance to play the Chiefs in the divisional round because as the seventh round team all they have to do is win their game and they're automatically the lowest seed that would be available to play the chiefs meanwhile uh the bengals have a 78 percent chance of beating the ravens those two probabilities are pretty high for a playoff game and i think that speaks to the the high level of mediocrity in the nfl this season uh, the NFL wanted parity, and they certainly got it. But they those have impacted these calculations. And so a team uh, that is from the fourth and fifth seed battle actually has the best chance to visit the Chiefs uh, yeah. for the divisional round, the Jacksonville Jaguars. 41% chance that they'll be playing the Chiefs. Normally when we do this calculation, it's one of the team's uh, it's either the sixth or seventh round team that has the best chance. But this year, because of these unusual circumstances on the probabilities of these teams winning and losing games, it's the Jaguars, 41%, yeah. the Chargers, 28%, the Ravens, 20%, and as I mentioned, the Dolphins, 11%. Really identifying quickly the storylines here of the teams, quick and dirty storylines of the division around teams. So you have the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Mahomes, I think is because, you know, it's it's weird now. It's like Mahomes is actually, we talked about it, the old star, or it's like you have this young emerging star. Weird to say it, but like you're on the other side of that now, suddenly. And then you also have Andy Reid and Doug Peterson going at it in a playoff game, which is uh, interesting. Um, you know, the teacher protege type of deal. Chargers third game of the year. That, that, that writes itself as far as a division game. Chargers haven't been a, a team that has been in the playoffs in a while here. They desperately needed to be in for Brandon Staley to keep his job. And we would see if the chiefs can beat them three times in one year, the Ravens, I think you have the Lamar factor. You also have the Andy Reed thing too, with, with John Harbaugh, um, Marcus Peters is a member of that team. And then Miami, we all know 
who would become an arrowhead if Miami can stun the Bills and and their you know their their um, destinies type of run here um, in Buffalo. Uh, Tyreek Hill would return to Arrowhead Stadium. So either you know either of these teams, any of these teams of the four, you're going to have storylines that kind of go into the game that I think the the networks will capitalize, John. Yeah, well, and they love that stuff, having a story they can tell about a playoff game, and they, and we have plenty of those in this circumstance. And you're right, if the Dolphins uh, beat the Bills, it's going to be a shocker. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. The Bills didn't look all that great over the weekend, in my opinion. It's really the first time I've watched them carefully in a number of weeks, and um, I, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I, I was hoping, of course, that the Patriots had beat them and we could get rid of this business about the home field advantage in the playoffs. But I really didn't expect them to <laughs> come so close to doing it. So we'll see how this goes. You know, this could be a lot different uh, in this coming weekend than we might expect. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to question if the Chiefs should be more afraid of Cincinnati or Buffalo at this point. Like if you've been watching the Bills closely, Josh Allen has I don't want to say he's regressed because he's still a really, really good quarterback. But over the last like six weeks or so, it seems like on a weekly basis, he's got bad interceptions, like makes mm-hmm. a bad decision and has yeah. a bad turnover. He has not been as accurate since that elbow thing in the middle of the year. I mean, he really hasn't. And it's it's they've been they've been finding ways to win despite of that. And I think the most dangerous team the Chiefs could face would be the Bengals again. Because I just think there's such an air of confidence, too, that the Bengals bring to the table um, that the Chiefs need to overcome. Uh, you know, you know, at, some, at a certain point here, they're going to play the Bengals in the playoffs again. Who knows if it, it'll be this year? Um, all right. Uh, final update here on the, the cake show. I did my best. I finished the energy drink. <laughs> the energy drink is gone. Um, I got through like about three-fourths of the cake. I'm being a little bit generous to myself with three fourths. It's probably about 65%. I can't eat anymore or I'm going to get sick and we need to read your reviews, uh, which there are so many, there's thousands of them. Um, now we can say that Steve, there's a, there's more than a thousand. <laughs> there's more than a thousand reviews um, that I have to get to. We have a lot to, to read. And so there are some questions and stuff here, some things to comment on. So this will be the last part of our, our editor show. I do not feel good um, anymore. I might, I was feeling good earlier today, and I no longer feel good. Okay, marinated takeaways. Love the show. Eat the cake. Make sure the energy drink is a Nas, and I'm going to LOL. Really do love the content <laughs> you provide. Um, this one from Stevie DJ. Cake, thanks for putting out great content almost every day. This pot has been a staple ever since I moved west. Um. Gallon challenge from Nick <laughs> can barely speak. Love all the shows. Ron making Steve Serta chuckle every single week is probably my favorite thing. The British chief show. Tom reminds my spouse of Brett Goldstein. So she likes that. The content is fantastic across all the shows. Keep up the good work. And I feel like Pete should only be allowed to drink milk to wash down his ice cream cake. <laughs> um, this one from anonymous. I'm a Brit chief. I've been enjoying extending the chief's, my Chiefs fix throughout the week and through the year by dabbling it with various podcasts. This one is the glue that brings it all together. The missing piece of the puzzle. Great insights and the perfect recipe of content. From Tommy Tamichi Guy. Thanks for the podcast. We've turned Mile High into Arrowhead West. Go Chiefs. From Luke. You guys do great work. Enjoy the brain freeze, Pete. It really hasn't <laughs> been 
as much a brain freeze as it's been like a brain, like it's almost like my brain is shut off in a way. Um, I can't, I can't describe it. I can't like, I can't think clearly. I don't, I don't know if I have too much sugar. Uh, anyway, uh, this from AWM Pete, enjoy that ice cream cake. I love this podcast and thank you guys for making my work commute a lot more smooth. Always enjoy for, always enjoy rooting for the chiefs all the way from Jersey. Go chiefs. This guy's from Alaska. As a KC boy and forever Chiefs fan transplanted to Alaska for 30 years, I greatly appreciate all the content. Love the editor show and the Brits. Thank you. This is from Dr. Kern. Great length for each episode. Not too long, not too short. Well-balanced discussion without coming off as homers. I must listen for Chiefs fans. This one from M. Swartz. I'm a Spotify listener, but reviewing on here so y'all can get your cake. Love these podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes... It's so easy to follow the Chiefs, even living on the East Coast. Mondays wouldn't be complete without marinated takeaways. The Brits always making me smile. And show MBK to provide the perfect kickstart to every weekend. Keep up the good work. Always learn something from SoFo. Great, honest, insightful conversation about the Chiefs. Good mix of players and coaches and thoughts, as well as stats to back up points. Um, This one, Chiefs fan Tyler. So many options for the Chiefs fans, and AP is among the best. Keep up the good work. If you're a KC fan, this is the podcast for you from JB. All the shows are phenomenal. Pete and John are great at keeping it real and love the positive spins from John. Mr. Positivity over there, John. RKJ, oh Ron Kopp, and Stag's Mailbag, and would rather, uh, and you would rather 10 out of 10. Brits are a bright spot in the middle of the week. I have more to say, but this is far too long. Keep it up, Steve. Man, really calling you out by name there, Steve. Nice. 100% Andrew. I've held out long enough. Love all you guys. Editor shows a must listen. I live for the great Brits. Show and BK always help me start my weekend off right. Out of structure is great for the analysis. Pete, you don't need to an excuse to eat ice cream cake. Do it for yourself, not the ratings. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know that I'm, I'm in the mix right here of, of eating this. It makes me never want to eat any kind of cake ever again. <laughs> Chief of the Rockies, phenomenal podcast by a team of truly talented and astute analysts. If you're a Chiefs content connoisseur looking for laughs and thoughtful takes along with the adept analysis and incomparable insights, I highly recommend subscribing to the AP Podcast Network. This from Casey to win. I enjoy the plethora of podcasts that Arrowhead Pride puts out weekly. My favorites are the editor show, Coast to Coast, and Show and BK. Keep up the good work and eat that cake, Mr. Sweeney. This from Hazalusi. Show and BK is not to be missed. It's my must-listen content for the week. Best Chiefs podcast out there. From Carna Lee, thank you for such a good variety of shows. Been a fan a long time. Who do you think is the biggest threat in the AFC? The Bills, Bengals, or another team? We just kind of talked about that. I, I would say the Bengals still for me. Does yeah. everyone agree yeah. on this? That's reasonable. Yeah, that's reasonable. Ooh, this is a long one from Casey Harpoon. <sighs> Let's be clear. It's a shorter read. Let's be clear. The cake extravaganza motivated me to leave a review, but truth be told, it's been long overdue. As a diehard Chiefs fan living in the now decrepit Broncos country, I depend on Arrowhead Pride each week to scratch my Chiefs itch. After the game, I soak, I soak all of Steve and Rocky's joy or displeasure in the recent result. Then I tap into what I believe will be their best show, the editor's show. While John is understandably a Chiefs apologist, his wisdom is keen. Pete's East Coast bravado is the perfect balance, so it makes for a great start to the week. The Brits are hilarious, and I always check out a radio replay if I can. There's more content than I can honestly absorb. What I appreciate is the organization and professionalism of the entire channel. I know others like me are appreciative of the hard work. Keep it up, boys, Pete, and get the Tums ready. Well, they're ready. Casey Hartman, you can hear them right here. Apologist, um, huh? Wow. This from Joey B. I listen to every bit of content released, and this is hands down the best place for Chiefs news from Monday to Friday. It's always my first listen while walking the dogs and working out. 
I enjoy every show within the AP network. And it's entertaining, especially the great Brit- British Chief show, as well as no show in BK. A little shot at show there. Let's get some cake for Pete. Also, <laughs> Arsenal versus Newcastle Chief show. Yes, please. This from San Antonio Chiefs. The editor show continues to be my favorite Arrowhead Pride podcast. The team is well-balanced and very reasonable on their takes each week. No overreacting over after a loss or a win. Your perspective is very much appreciated. Uh, season ticket older since 1991. Moved away from Kansas City, now living in San Antonio. I look forward nice. to hearing this podcast each week. Keep up the great work, and good luck on your quest to get Andy Reid to give you an actual answer to your questions. <laughs> that is a never-ending quest, my friend. <laughs> this from A. Daniel Jones. Love everything you guys do at AP. Everyone is great, but I die laughing at you on BK. So cathartic. This from Chiefs88. Pete, eat that cake. A lot. Of, I told you, a lot of reviews. Uh, this from <laughs> Westside Gill. Love the various pods featured in this network. Brings the same journalistic integrity as the website. They have a great team of potters. I love Kingdom Keys to Victory. My favorite personality has to be Show. He's the most authentic, and I appreciate that. Authentic is a way to describe Show. Don't you think, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> Casey, yeah, that's, Katie. That's right, that's right there. Yeah. The Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network offers the best Chiefs coverage I've ever found. I've never missed the AP Editor Show and Great British Chiefs Show. Pete and John on the AP Editors are even keeled in depth. Really helps keep everything in perspective throughout the season. I love hearing the passion from Brad and Tom on the Great Brits. Make... Oh, no. We lost. <laughs> we, we lost Pete. We lost I, think Pete. He... <laughs> I think he bumped his computer I'm gonna or something. To... Do you guys hear me? Yeah, we... <laughs> We're only getting the cake cam plus yeah. Pete's voice now. <laughs> That's okay. That seems appropriate under the circumstances. <laughs> so now yeah, just talk to the cake cam. So now I so. I've lost my mic. I don't somehow the cake has broken my regular camera and mic. So <laughs> we have two more reviews. As a Chiefs fan living in Ohio, this network gives me all I need to keep up with the news on my favorite sports team. I'm a longtime listener and love all the shows, but I'll give a special shout out to the boys across the pond. P.S. I can't wait to hear Pete rattle off these with a mouthful of ice cream cake. (laughs) And this finally from Sarah, who says, awesome podcast. If you leave a rating and review, we will read it on the Arrowhead Pride editor show. I I did my best um, with with the cake. I I wish I could have done better. Um, but I, I appreciate all the reviews. And if you leave us a review, we will read it right here on the, the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Um, my mic is broken. My stomach's upside down. And I can't think. So I'm going to close this thing out for John Dixon and Steve Serta. My name is Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show.